but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get my way. The boys and me got big NASA going. We before try. The Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on ESPN 1080. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. It's U.S. Open Golf Week. Rich B in the house along with Holly G, the second major of the year. And we are pumped up tonight, aren't we, Rich B? Yes. And, uh, you know, don't worry. If you were thinking, where's the rain, it's on the way. It's starting to uh, appear at the friendly confines on Cimarron Road. Take it slow and easy. It's a little steamy out there. Hot day. Uh, Rich B playing in the ECC Senior Championship at the LPGA. Yes, which I won in 2008, and I don't think I'll be, uh, you know, I was not uh, real competitive this year. 72-74. Tied for first the first day. Yeah, well, uh, you know, tire tracks all across my back. I'm trying here, Rich B. I'm trying. <laughs> trying to give like, you a little bit of love here. Jimi Hendrix. And yeah, uh, what was tracks. the field? A total of eight? No. Oh, I'm so 13. sorry. Oh, 13. Hey, let me tell you, who's in this field? All right? This is not a lightweight field, by the way. Uh, Bill Sellers. Vince Cali. Vince Cali. Uh, Stan Cook, who ended up winning. Stan was the head professional at uh, Worldwoods for uh, many years. Stan's a player. I mean, these guys are players. These guys, you know, they've been playing for quite a while, so they're no, uh, and they're old school professionals. Which you like. Well, you know what? There was no talking in the carts. You know what? They're not, uh, they're not playing for lunch Everybody anymore. looking straight ahead. They want to eat your lunch. Well, hey, it was a big weekend of golf, Rich B, all the way around. Uh, Dustin Johnson coming back. After uh, having some back issues, winning the FedEx St. Jude's Classic, and uh, Rory having a great tournament, uh, looking like he's coming around for the U.S. Open. We'll be talking about that in a few minutes. And uh, let's run it down. Two other majors, the Champions Tour, Regions at Shoal Creek, Tom Lehman beating out Bernhard Langer, and uh, the Wegmans LPGA Championship in my hometown, Rochester, New York, Locust Hill Country Club playing tough, but Sean Sean Fang from China, winning the LPGA, beating out uh, some big names, Suzanne Pedersen and Stacy Lewis. So, a uh, big, big weekend of golf, and um, we know what's coming. We know what's coming this week, starting tomorrow. So many storylines. I'm not even sure where we should begin, but we've got, as always, uh, a great lineup tonight coming from the press center out at Olympic Club. But, uh, Rich B., we've got a few little sound bites from uh, the press conferences yesterday, and Let's start off with Roy McElroy talking about defending his title. I think it's it's been a great twelve months, you know, to play these twelve months as a major champion, and and you know it's been great. You know, the last twelve months has been fantastic. I felt like I've I've played you know very well in that time, and you know really looking forward to this week and you know giving it a good go and, and trying to defend. And as we know, the feature pairing tomorrow is going to be Tiger Woods, Bubba. And Phil Mickelson, Rory had some fun comments about that. 
having Tiger and Phil and and Bubba in the you know in the same group on the opposite side of the draw is you know, it's going to be huge. I mean, it's if I was a golf fan, I'd I'd want to watch that group because I'm sure you'll see some fireworks. So um, it should be a good group to watch. And Tiger Woods, all eyes on Tiger as he tees it up. Will he be able to put another major under his belt? Been a little drought since 2008. Let's hear what Tiger had to say. I'm excited about playing, excited about this golf course. I've played a lot here in, in college, and it's great to be back. A lot of conversation about the golf course. One of the things Tiger said is that he threw away his, his yardage book from 98. Doesn't even uh, make any sense for any of these players. It's a brand-new golf course. What did he say about the conditions? I've always preferred it to be more difficult, there's no doubt. And I've always preferred it to be fast. I just like a, a fast golf course because then we had you have to shape shots you have to think you can't just sit up and just hit and hit your ball to a number yeah when the golf course gets harder and faster is um certainly something i like hard and fast they are they are talking about this golf course i think somebody's going to be jumping off the golden gate bridge by the end of this tournament rich b they've made this course so tough um a lot of pressure on the second guy in that feature pair some phil mickelson uh, let's see what he has to say about his chances. I don't see myself as a favorite, but I think I found a way for me to play it the most effective way. I don't think that uh, makes me the favorite. I think you have to look at the guys that are higher up in the world rankings. Higher up in the world rankings? Uh, I don't know. Is I this think going this... to that sound bite where he's talking about Tiger? I think so. But I think this course could set up pretty well for Lefty. He could be sneaky around this, especially with these reverse cambers. I think, you know, lefties, they kind of think backwards, you know, so this may be an advantage to people like Bubba and to Phil. Uh, but, hey, what does Phil have to say about being paired with Tyga? First of all, I get excited to play with Tiger. I love it. And second is... The one player I'm most concerned about if I play my best golf that uh, I feel may, may have a chance to beat me is Tiger. And the fact that we're on the same wavelength, I always am in favor of because sometimes we'll get a huge advantage in tee times. And if we're on the same wavelength, then neither one of us will have a distinct advantage. Hmm. Interesting, Rich B. I think Phil might be licking his chops a little bit coming off of that big win in Pebble being teed up with Tiger. You know, he needs this U.S. Open to add to his collection because uh, he has yet to win this. Yeah, that's for sure. And then we have Bubba, newly crowned Masters champion, playing with uh, Phil and Tiger and I could only imagine, I don't think Bubba gets intimidated by too many things. What do you think? Two lefties and a righty. Boom, I've boom, played with those back. guys before, know them, good friends. You know, but intimidation, no. I mean, this is, I'm not really looking over who it is. Hmm. You think so? Bubba? You think he's ready <laughs> for another major? Hey, it could be the Bubba Slam. We, uh, we might be seeing, uh, the, you know, something uh, in the making here. What do you think? I love it. Let's see what he says about having already won one. It's always in the back of your mind that you've done it once and you can do it again. So when it comes down to uh, the last few holes, if I'm around the lead or on the tide for the lead or, or one up, I know I've been there before and I can do it and I can do it again. So, uh, yeah, it does help a lot, you know, have that in your back pocket knowing that you've done it before. Well, it is going to be one fun pairing to watch tomorrow. And we're going to go straight out to the Olympic Club in beautiful San Francisco on the West Coast and bring in Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Hey, how's it going? 
Going good. There are just so so many stories in this U.S. Open. This may be uh, again one uh, one for the history books. Um, not even sure where to start, but um, who who do you see? I mean, do you, is Tiger your pick? We've got you know Dustin Johnson coming off his win. We've got Duffner. Uh, just so many stories. Yeah, you're right, and I don't know I don't know who the guy's going to be. I mean, this place is not traditionally yielded. Uh, the star player or, or the, the favorite, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that continued. I, I think Zach Johnson will win. I think he's not on that upper level, but he, he's been playing nicely, and he has a game that kind of kind of suits his course. You don't have to be long. You know, you can be, be precise, do well. Um, Tiger, you know, I, I think it's all about I think what we've learned with Tiger is if he's hitting green, He's on in regulation like he was at Memorial, like he was at Bay Hill. He's going to be there. I mean, that's a huge, huge thing to do, and uh, especially in a U.S. Open, uh, and especially in a tournament where, you know, you don't really have to make a lot of birdies. That's been the thing that's been hurting him. Even at Memorial, you know, obviously he won the tournament, but he didn't make a lot of birdie putts, a, long, a lot of long putts, and here I don't think that's as necessary. You know, if you can minimize mistakes, make a couple birdies, shoot 68, 69, you're going to be right there every time. So, um, But that remains to be seen. He did not carry the momentum from Bay Hill to the Masters. Did he carry it from Memorial to here? That's what we'll find out, I suppose. Do you think, though, you know, that performance coming in uh, the last three holes and that chip in at 16, you know, maybe fueled some of the old Tiger, inside Tiger, coming to this tournament? I mean, I think it, it certainly didn't hurt. He's hitting it nicely, uh, was hitting it well there. And he, he talked about that yesterday where, you know, he feels a lot more confident than he did going to the Masters, uh, you know, hitting the type of shots he wants to hit. Uh, you, you know, you, you, you've got to get the ball up in the air here and, and stop it on these greens. Uh, for whatever reason, he lost that good vibe going into Augusta. And, uh, you know, it's, he talked about, you know, falling back in his old habits. I, I guess if he could do it then, he could do it now. But yet he's had two more months to kind of try to refine it. And, uh, uh, you know, he obviously found something there uh, in those weeks leading up to Memorial. He hit the ball really nicely two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, uh, if he can do that here, give himself a chance to hit fairly, he shouldn't have to hit a lot of drivers. Uh, then, uh, you know, I think we'll be talking about Tiger over the weekend. And you're coming out of the blocks, picking Zach Johnson. Let's it out of the bag, right off of the top. But I, I think that's a solid pick. I mean, you know, if you're gonna, you look for somebody. I think uh, under the radar a little bit, but he's been playing really nicely. I mean, he won Colonial. He had two other runner-up finishes. Uh, he, 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 he played okay last week in Memphis. I think he's on a decent roll. I think that's important. Now that he's got some confidence, he does not have a good U.S. Open record. It's kind of surprised me. But I think the course is good for him. You know, he's a guy who can hit a lot of fairways and greens, and he's a good putter and chipper. And uh, he accomplishes that. You know, I, I I think we could see him there. It's going to be it's going to be fascinating to watch. The golf course is impeccable. Um, it's tough. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's it's dry and and, and running fast. And you know, guys are going to have to play a different style than they're used to every week on tour, uh, and, I, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes. 
Well, I've played out at Olympic, and you literally walk sideways on that golf course. It's not up and down. Uh, for those that don't know, it sits on the San Andreas Fault out there in San Francisco. And, um, you know, as they've been talking about, uh, the, the golf course has these reverse cambers, so, you know, the fairways are going one way and the greens are going another. It's going to make for some very, very dramatic golf on Sunday. Yeah, you've got to, um, you know, negotiate a lot of dog legs. You have have holes that the, uh, the, the slope goes away from the shot pattern. So you're, you're, you know, you're trying to hit a shot at the top of a, of a you know, say, for example, it, it slopes from left to right. You're trying to hit your, your ball right to left, so you get it to the left and it stays in the fairway on the right. If you hit it in the middle of the fairway or on the right side of the fairway, it's going to run off into the rough. So you've got some really precise landing areas. Um, brutal first six holes, of course, not everybody's going to start on number one the first two days, but you know, the first six holes are... Uh, everybody's been talking about as tough as it gets. 520-yard par four to start, uh, and uh, you know, guys' patience is going to be is going to be tested. The, the elite golfers are used to making birdies, hitting greens, hitting great shots, and they look a lot more human at a U.S. At a, at a Open, which um, which I, I think gets in some of their heads. You know, the ones who deal with that the best are the ones that are going to be there on the weekend. Um, and for those who have looked up the, the tee times, um, no, it's not a typo. They're actually starting on number one and starting on number nine tee. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's a little bit awkward, but the, the ninth tee is is near the clubhouse, like on most golf courses, like the tenth tee would be. Uh, it's the eighth green, actually, uh, the, as the par three kind of ends near the clubhouse. So for logistical reasons, they decided start everybody on one and nine. So you'll actually play um, the first hole of the, the, your first hole, those guys you start on nine will actually be the last hole of the front nine and they'll play 10 through 18 and then conclude on number eight. So it's going to be a little awkward in that sense but, um, you know, you still play the same number of holes, you still choose the score, but um, yeah, it takes a little getting used to and uh, that's what Tiger, Phil, and Bubba face in the morning. It's 7.33 local time. It's going to be mighty cold and damp at that time. There's, there's been fog that's covered. and um, it's, it's, For them, and, and it's actually a bit of a break that they're starting there and not on one because they get to play uh, you know, 10 holes, basically, before they got to play that brutal stretch of 1-6. I think the guys who start on number one tomorrow morning have, have their work cut out. That's, uh, you know, be teeing off on those holes at 7 o'clock when it's probably going to be about 50 degrees, 52 degrees, bone chilling, kind of cold because it's damp. Um, that's tough. It's going to be wet. You know, that there's dew. Won't, they won't quite get the roll. The solar greens are really hard. So um, it's going to be going to be fun to watch. But those guys, big three, get to play the play on the back nine first. And, uh uh, maybe get to get a little bit of momentum going before they have to hit those tough holes. Yeah, I think that could be a, a big advantage. And uh, the other, I think, exciting feature pairing is, of course, Luke Donald, Rory McIlroy, and Lee Westwood. Who do you think out of that group uh, is facing the most pressure? 
Well, I think they all face pressure, to be honest. Um, you know, now Rory's put himself in that stratosphere now where he's going to always be uh, looked at. Uh, Luke's number one in the world. He wants to win a major pretty badly. You would think the U.S. Open would be a good one for him, especially a U.S. Open course that's not particularly long. And Westwood, of course, is the oldest and running out of time. You know, and he's, he's got something like seven top threes in majors. 2008. He doesn't have any wins. He came off a win this week. You know, he seems to play very, very well at the B-level event. Uh, you know, he won the tournament uh, back in April in Indonesia. Uh, but there was nobody in the field, you know, and then he just won at the, at the Swedish Masters and uh, came all the way over here. He's feeling really good about his game, but is he able to translate it? Um, you know, again, I, I wouldn't be surprised either way with any of these guys. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they played well. I wouldn't be surprised if they struggled. I think that's just the nature of majors and U.S. Open in particular. Well, 11 out of the last 12 major winners have been first-time winners. Probably a telling fact, given that Tiger has not won since 2008. But who do you see being a total surprise to us come Sunday. Any talking around the press room about anybody that could just uh, be a be a surprise? Um, you know, not that I can think of off offhand. I mean, a total surprise. Uh, you know, a total surprise to me would be if one of the guys that got into sectional qualifying. Um, I, I think that would be you know, and that's even like a Davis Love, you know, who made it into sectional qualifying. Um, you know, you just don't expect those guys to contend. Just three years ago, Lucas Glover won the U.S. Open, making it successful. So, you know, it's, um, it's that's the beauty of it. You know, you just never know. And like you just pointed out, we've had 11 of the last 12, the only one in that stretch is Phil, um, who were first-time major winners. We've had 14 straight different major winners. And we're just at a point in time where, there's so much parity. There's nobody dominating that, uh, you know, it could be anybody. Maybe Sergio finally does it. Uh, Westwood, Donald, none of them have won a major. They, they would all continue that streak, you know. So um, uh, it's uh, maybe it's Ricky Fowler, you know, Ben Crane. There's so many uh, different types of players, I think, that can do well on a course where length isn't, isn't a huge deal. You think Hunter Mahan has uh, possibilities? Yeah, there's another name. Now, he's cooled off a lot lately. You know, he won the two tournaments early going into the Masters, and, and since then hasn't done much. He had a very poor players' championship. and So I don't know exactly if he's figured out his game yet again. But he's, uh, uh, you know, he's another one. You know, I didn't even mention him. I think there's probably 30 players we could, we could circle and say, yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he did it. Yeah, exactly. I've got 25 sitting here in my notes, and we barely can get to uh, the top 10 here. Uh, last question for you, Bob. You think the scores are going to be under par or over par? I think the winning score is going to be under par. And the reason, but not a lot, and I don't think a lot of guys will break par. I mean, 20 guys broke par last year. Roy was 16 under. That was the aberration of all aberrations. That's just not a, a normal U.S. Open. But um, you know, last time the Open was here, Lee Jansen won it even far. The big difference, I think, is that the greens are bent grass now. They're not the Koa, which is, which is more of a West Coast grass, and it gets bumpy, and it's harder to putt. These greens are perfect. The 
bench rest, smooth, perfect, you know. I mean, it doesn't mean they're going to be easy, but guys who putt are putting well are going to see putts go in. So I think that will make a difference. And that's where a guy who's hitting it well is, and, and putting nicely is going to make some. And I think we're going to see some scores of 66, 67 each day. But I don't think you'll see it every day. And, uh, you know, there's the inevitable issues where, you know, a guy's going to shoot 73 or 4 and not be out of it. Uh, so that's the way I think it's going to go. And, you you know, you might see two or three or four under par win and maybe a couple people get under. But it's just a golf course. They don't need to do much to it. I mean, think about this. No water hazard to speak of, no lakes or creeks. Uh, one fairway bunker. And yet it, it can play that hard. So, uh it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's a fun week to, to see these guys, you know, really have to grind and struggle their way through tough rounds of golf. And a great four days of golf coming up, and of course uh, the finish on Father's Day on Sunday. I know you're a dad, Bob Herrig, so uh, thank you and um, hats off to all the dads out there and all the hardworking dads in the press room. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us, and uh, we look forward to all your coverage on ESPN.com the rest of the week. Thanks a lot. Take care. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 1080 ESPN. Stay with us. We have Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel coming up next. Drive the BMW of your dreams at the price you like with financing you don't want to miss. Get to Fields BMW and choose from an incredible selection of certified pre-owned BMWs. Now with special 0.9% financing. Fields BMW, Winter Park, South Orlando, Daytona Beach, and Lakeland. Fields matters because you matter. Visit FieldsBMW.com. Offer valid with approved credit up to 36 months and excludes the X6 and M-Series models. Golfers, have you discovered the hottest golf ball since the Pro V1? Well, listen up. They're Chromax golf balls, and they're cooler and more colorful than Ricky Fowler's outfits on the PGA Tour. Chromax golf balls feature a reflective inner layer and translucent outer layer that make the golf ball appear brighter and easier to hit. Chromax's metallic finish reflects sunlight through the clear cover for unprecedented visibility, making it easier to hit the sweet spot. Track the trajectory of your ball in flight and make adjustments to your swing. Chromax golf balls are USGA approved and come in a rainbow of colors to suit every golfer's personality and playing ability. Lower your scores and put some fun back into your game. Chromax golf balls are available at your local golfsmith stores or visit www.chromaxgolf.com. We all want more distance immediately. Now get a more powerful release and impact and increase your distance with the full release reverse grip from Field Golf. The full release reverse grip gives you a correct tour player like grip the very first time you use it. That means more power and increased distance. The pros love it and you will too. The full release sold at Golfsmith and other fine retailers or buy online now at FieldGolf.net. That's FieldGolf.net. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of Act 4. In the house, Holly G, along with Rich B. And we're talking the U.S. Open. And Rich B, you know what that means. The Monday after the U.S. Open, 
at beautiful Shingle Creek Golf Club. It's Jerry's. Tucking O'Neill. Big gig. Tucking O'Neill. Yeah, you know what? And there's bragging the Shingle rights. Creek Open. The team Shingle Creek Open. Uh, Two-person golf scramble this year. 69 bucks does it for your entry free. Includes everything. And let me tell you, great golf, uh, great lunch, beautiful lunch, and a chance to win great prizes. To get the details, go online, ESPNFlorida.com. There's still time to sign up. And uh, Rich B., I think we're going to be um, winning a few. Hey, and there's bragging rights here at stake, you know, because anytime you get a chance to beat Tuck and O'Neill, it's always a good thing. There's nothing bad about that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we better be uh, practicing a little over the weekend. I don't know, buddy. But um, it's going to be a fun time, so go check it out. And we're going to go straight to Todd Lewis out at Olympic to give us the latest scoop at the U.S. Open. Hey, Todd. Hey guys, how are you? Oh, doing great. It's good to hear your voice again. I know you got a little time off. Good for you, and you're out there uh, working hard. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, you have a little bit of calm before the storm. Went a little vacation up here in California. Had a great time, but uh, you know, I tell you, if, this is if, if if you or your listeners get a chance to come out of this part of the planet, it is definitely worth the trip. It's so gorgeous out here. The weather's about seventy degrees. Uh, sun's in the sky. I've, I don't think I've seen a cloud in the last five days. And and Olympic is just looking beautiful. It's really going to pop on on screen beginning tomorrow. I know we've been talking about um, how how tough all the players have been have been uh, you know assessing it, and especially this first six holes that I've heard some call the suicide six. But uh, as always with the U.S. Open, you know we've been talking about the lead stories, but there's so many backstories that go on in terms of qualifying, and there are a couple of beauties which I know you guys have been talking about on the Golf Channel, and one is this. Um, uh, 14-year-old from China, Andy Zhang, who's the youngest player ever to tee it up in the U.S. Open. Tell us about his story, Todd. Well, he's from China, uh, and his father played golf recreationally. And I don't know if uh, I don't know if you know this, but in China, there are not a lot of golf courses, but there are a lot of driving ranges, and they're stacked on top of each other. Uh, like there's one bay, and then there above there, there's another bay. So his father went to hit golf balls and brought his son, who at the time was six and a half. Uh, with him, Andy, and Andy picked up a club and just tried to mimic his father and the pro there said, wow, he got a great swing. And from that point on, he started concentrating on golf. He moved to Florida in the United States at the age of 10. He's been going to the IMG Academy in Bradenton. Um, he's just a phenomenal talent, and he was out here. He got in as an alternate. He didn't get in the tournament. He came to San Francisco as an alternate. And then uh, just yesterday, I got the call from the USGA, and this, this is the funniest part of the story for me. They asked him, hey, there's a spot if you want to play. Do you want to play? He said, yeah. Uh, so he got in. Then he played the practice round with Aaron Baddeley and Bubba Watson yesterday. Uh, I, I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, he was, if yesterday was an indication he's going to have a tough couple of days, he was kind of scuffing it up a bit. But it would be great if he made the cut. That would be an awesome story. Well, I don't know how at 14, you know, he's just in eighth grade, still wearing braces, how you wouldn't feel like you were living out Groundhog's Day, the movie, version two, being you, with all the excitement and just seeing your idols. He talked about meeting Tiger Woods. I don't know how you'd get the focus to, you know, really play, get yourself ready for the tournament. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, it may be a benefit in the fact that he is so young. He doesn't really think about it. So, We'll see. He's, I think he's big for a 14 year old. He's six, just about six feet. Uh, he's not super long. He doesn't quite have 
the muscle, obviously, that the players here in the field have. But, you know, this is going to do a lot for his confidence. He's from China. This is going to, uh, the whole country of China is rooting for him. So, it, it, you know, it's a good little story. Another great story of a club pro who's made his way in from Youngstown, Ohio. I had to look twice at the name, but, yes, his name is Dennis Miller. Yeah, not Dennis Miller, the comedian, uh, but Dennis Miller from Youngstown, Ohio. This is his 12th attempt, and finally he has made it through sectional qualifying. I'm actually doing a story on him tonight, a live from the U.S. Open, which airs at 7 Eastern. And we, we've been with, we spent two days with him. I'm talking about traveling in a car, at the hotel with his son, meeting Tiger Woods on the range, everything. He wore a mic. It's a great story. Uh, I mean, this guy made it, in case you're, you don't know, uh, in a playoff. He was a uh, fourth spot here. He hit a putt. The ball hung on the lip. If you haven't seen the video, it's quite dramatic. And Dennis turned his back in disgust, and as he turned, the ball fell in for him to get a spot here. So he's a lovable blue-collar everyman. This is going to be a great story. Tune in. It is, absolutely. And then uh, finally in the uh, human interest uh, department, Casey Martin, who some may remember um, from 1998 in the U.S. Open when he had to, he sued the PGA Tour to use a cart, of course, uh, due to a, a circulatory uh, condition in his legs, Todd, and he was uh, kind of a center of controversy at that U.S. Open, finished 23rd and has made it this year. Yeah, and you know what? Him in the field has actually opened up the old wounds from 98. Some, you know, he really is split down the middle of the locker room. Some players feel like walking is a part of the sport of golf and he shouldn't get the cart. Others feel like the shots that you hit simply is the sport of golf. But regardless, they're not really taking it out on Casey. He's a very likable guy. played at Stanford with Tiger Woods. He's now the head coach at the University of Oregon on that golf team. And really good guy, very positive. You know, I think everybody's rooting for him. We want to see him have a good week. We don't. We want that to be the focus for him to play well, have a good week, and not let the cart be an issue. And so far, I haven't really heard or seen it being a big hot button topic out here. Well, uh, let's turn to the field. And of course, uh, we spent a little time in the open talking about Tiger and uh, Rory. But um, outside of Tiger, do you think, um, you know, we've had all these first time major winners? Does somebody like Duffner, who's 8-1 uh, to one here in the odds, do, do you think he's got a shot? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, the list is wide here, and I'll tell you why. Because last year at Congressional, Congressional was already a big golf course. Congressional, of course, hosted the U.S. Open. And then it, it got even bigger because of all the rain there. So it pretty much shrunk the candidates to win that tournament. You had to be a big hitter. This golf course Olympic is not very long. It's under 7,200 yards, which is actually pretty short in today's U.S. Open standards. Um, this is a st- strategic golf course. This is all about ball placement. This is not necessarily about pulling out the driver and swinging for the fences. These slopes, uh, the slopes rather on these fairways, if it's a dog leg left, the slope is going to be away from the dog leg going down towards the right. So you got to hit the right shot. I think this golf course opens up the field tremendously. There are so many more players that can win this U.S. Open compared to the list of players to last year. I, you know, I like Tim Clark. I like Steve Stricker, who's playing the best of his career, tee to green, and 
he's a wonderful putter. He's, he's struggled a bit, oddly enough, putting this year. But these greens are all bent grass now. They're not pulling and bumpy. I think he can find his rhythm out here, and he can be in contention. Uh, yeah, Jason Duffner, I like him a lot. Yeah, Zach Johnson, these guys who necessarily aren't big off the tee, I think are in this event big time this year. Is it going to be a guy that maybe stays within himself better? Um, because it sounds like it's really going to also boil down to selecting the right club. Uh, here's, here's what it is in the U.S. Open, uh, and really at every major championship. You're going to have holes where you're going to have bogeys and double boats, and especially right out of the gate at this golf course, the first six holes. Uh, so it's how you deal with that. I mean, tomorrow morning, these guys start their U.S. Open on number one for those guys. It's going to be hard because you're going to have some bogeys compared to starting on number nine, which they do weirdly here, which the back nine is easier. You can get some birdies right out of the gate and build some momentum. You make a lot of bogeys early when you go off the first tee, you're playing catch-up. Uh, and that kind of sets the tone for the day and obviously for the event as well. So it's how you handle what this course takes away from you, the mental positiveness you have to have after a bogey or double bogey. That's what is demanded here at the U.S. Open. And tell us about the coverage coming up on the Golf Channel because, as always, uh, we've got morning drive in the morning, going extra hours, you guys doing Golf Central. Tell our listeners what the coverage is looking like. Uh, and I'm saying this in a positive way because we love our job. But today is my birthday. So tonight I won't be able to go out and celebrate a lot because tomorrow morning I have to be at Olympic at 4 a.m. local time because because we're on the air at 6 a.m. local time, which is 9 o'clock on the East Coast. But we love that because the first tee time is at 7 a.m. I'm right there on the range and uh, in the putting green, hopefully getting some conversations with some players, getting some reports. We're on from 6, excuse me, from 9 to noon Eastern time before live coverage. And then once live coverage is over at 7 p.m. Eastern time, wait a minute, I'm very confused. No, once coverage is over at 10 p.m. Eastern time, then we come on from 10 to midnight. There you go. That's an East Coast, West Coast thing confused me. I, I know. So. It's, it's hard to keep the a.m. and the p.m. straight when you're out there. You just feel like you're uh, working yeah. around the clock. And happy birthday to Todd Lewis. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. And uh, as always, nothing better the way the Golf Channel delivers all the extra coverage and the in-depth analysis. As a golf fan, uh, this is just one of the best weeks ever. So thank you, Todd Lewis. We know you're busy, and we appreciate you spending some time with us. My pleasure, guys. Have a great day. You listen to the Golf Insiders, 1080 ESPN. Stay with us. We got lots more golf coming up. Drive the BMW of your dreams at the price you like with financing you don't want to miss. Get to Fields BMW and choose from an incredible selection of certified pre-owned BMWs. Now with special 0.9% financing. Fields BMW, Windsor Park, South Orlando, Daytona Beach, and Lakeland. Fields matters because you matter. Visit FieldsBMW.com. Offer valid with approved credit up to 36 months and excludes the X6 and M-Series models. Golfers, have you discovered the hottest golf ball since the Pro V1? Well, listen up. They're Chromax golf balls, and they're cooler and more colorful than Ricky Fowler's outfits on the PGA Tour. Chromax golf balls feature a reflective inner layer and translucent outer layer that make the golf ball appear brighter and easier to hit. 
Chromax's metallic finish reflects sunlight through the clear cover for unprecedented visibility, making it easier to hit the sweet spot, track the trajectory of your ball in flight, and make adjustments to your swing. Chromax golf balls are USGA approved and come in a rainbow of colors to suit every golfer's personality and playing ability. Lower your scores and put some fun back into your game. Chromax golf balls are available at your local golfsmith stores or visit www.chromaxgolf.com. We all want more distance immediately. Now get a more powerful release and impact and increase your distance with the full release reverse grip from Feel Golf. The full release reverse grip gives you a correct tour player-like grip the very first time you use it. That means more power and increased distance. The pros love it, and you will too. The full release sold at Golfsmith and other fine retailers or buy online now at feelgolf.net. That's feelgolf.net. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home. Fairways of I-4 in the house. Your host, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, Rich Bianco. And we're talking U.S. Open, Rich B, second major of the year. And that means Monday after the majors. Monday after the majors, come on out, get your two-man team together, and let's get ready to rumble. If you think you've got a partner, you can do some damage, bring it on. Beautiful Shingle Creek Golf Club, uh, 830 Shotgun. Just grab a friend, come out and play. We've still got a few slots open, 69 bucks. Uh, your entry fee includes everything, golf, your range balls, on-course drinks. You know, they've got to charge Rich B double just because of that factor. And all kinds of great prizes. So sign up now, ESPNFlorida.com, and we'd look to see you out there. We're going back out to Olympic where we've got another one of our golf insiders on the line. It's hard to track this guy down, but we've finally done it, Rich B. One of my favorites, Jeff Babineau, editor of Golf Week magazine. Hey, Jeff. I'm always on the lamb. You know how it is. Always yeah, I know. <laughs> you are uh, you are hard to pin down. But... Hey, Jeff, Rich B here. How are hey. you doing? Hey, Rich. Hey, uh, you spent some time here in Orlando, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I live there now. Yeah, oh, okay. dude. Yeah, but he wrote for the yeah. Sentinel yeah. for a long, long oh, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. shout out for the Sentinel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we've yeah we've had all sorts of the team on here the last few weeks, including your man Lance there covering the NCAA championships. Oh, yeah. So it's great. But uh, we know you're out there at Olympic, and Jeff, you're a good golfer. Give us a little clue about how tough this golf course is going to play. Oh, it's just brutally tough. You know, uh, Matt Kuchar was in earlier this week talking about playing a practice round here last week. Played very well. It didn't make a single birdie, uh, made two bogeys, and signs for two over par. So it's going to be a place where you got to be really mentally tough because you're going to encounter your share of bad runs out here. You're not going to make a lot of birdies, and you're just going to have to battle and hack in there. And that's, that's kind of the open mentality. That's the ultimate test they want to put you through. Now, we've been on the air 45 minutes. We've talked about so many players, and Matt Kuchar, first time we brought up his name. This open is so deep in the weeds in terms of players and possibilities of who could be hoisting that trophy on Sunday. But um, what do you think of his chances? You know, I like Kucha's chances. I mean, I think you, uh, you've you got to start your list here if you're going to look for who you're going to pick with ball strikers. And 
he's a ball striker, that's for sure. He hits fairways, it's a pretty straight, he's got decent length. He can grind a little, you know, he's got a decent short game, he's got putting better. So it's going to his old uh, college style kind of approach and open. And uh, he's a guy you got to look at here. He had a great run around here in 1998. He's just a young kid. Uh, George, you know, heading back to George, starts to get a taste of this. And now he comes back here as a top 10 guy in the world. So it's a really cool story to watch. Uh, what about Keegan Bradley? We haven't talked about him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's been in great form uh, of late. But, uh, yeah, he's another guy that, you know, he's, you know, it's only his third major start. We, we, it's kind of amazing to to see that, uh, you know, he's first U.S. Open for him and all this stuff's so new to him, and he already is a major in the closet. So it's pretty amazing. Uh, I, I like Keegan Bradley a lot. I think he's got a lot of heart, and uh, that's certainly an element you need this week. You need a lot of heart. You, um, you know, yeah, everyone's going to get down and go through some stretches. You can either pack it in here or you can try to hang around. And those guys who try to hang around and then can find a, a good patch somewhere and, and run off some – birdies and get a few strokes back on the guys that are hanging around in contention on Sunday. Now, I heard Phil quoted as saying uh, the difficulty of the course uh, was overrated, that it's not unfair, just requires putting the ball in the right place, which we know in the past lefties had a little trouble, um, you know, downshifting in the U.S. Open, but certainly he's learned. But I think, don't you think the pressure is really mounting on him to um, win this major? Yeah, I mean, it's the one it's the one little missing link. You know, I mean, Snead never got an open, and Palmer never got his PGA. And there's, there's great players who are Hall of Famers who always had, you know, little small holes in the resume. And you know, to be a five-time runner-up, that's amazing in itself. You know, you should be able to roll all those up and get yourself a U.S. Open trophy for that. But, uh, yeah, you know, Phil, uh, it'll be interesting here, because last time we saw him at Memorial, he seemed all out of sorts. But, um you know, maybe shutting it down there and getting out of there and getting some rest and turning his mind to uh, to Olympic was the right move. We'll see it. And, and he's pumped up for the pairing. He likes, he enjoys the Tiger pairing. Uh, that's going to be the, the show here at 8 a.m. tomorrow. It's going to be electric right out of the gate. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And what about Dustin Johnson coming off this win? He's been in that place before, close to the no, top. He, yeah, he. Um, He's got a decent open record. I mean, he easily could have won the open at Pebble if he just had a horrendous Sunday. And, uh, you know, he's kind of got a loose, doesn't get bothered by a whole lot of stuff. Got uh, kind of a loose mentality that he's, you know, he's got to dial it back a little here. You know, you can't just fire away here at everything you want to. Well, that, that's the thing. I, think I was talking to, to one of the tour reps this morning. These guys are so good. It's hard for them sometimes to accept that, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot 30 feet left of a pin and try to see what that leaves me. They they just think they can pull off every shot. It leads to some bigger numbers out here. Think you can do more than you do. This rough can lure you into some uh, temptations that you probably should, you know, follow. And and it's all part of the open magic. Yeah, I heard um, a quote of of Rory saying he was going to go out and and play aggressively, and I thought, whoa, somebody better. Uh... His sports psychologist better sit him down yeah. for a, a beer or two. Yeah, I don't think that's your mindset here. It's in Augusta. You know, you're not going to make six or seven birdies out here if you get it going. It's just uh, you got to dial it back and accept some things, and, and par is a good number, and that's why it's so different. I mean, you shoot 72 tomorrow, 
and a lot of these guys will walk out of here grumpy, but you really can't. So uh, that's going to be fine. So you just, you know, the, the, this place is tough. I mean, uh, 280 is your target number for the week. you got to find a way to get there. And, uh, 72, 73 is not going to take you out of this golf tournament. Well, Golf Week covers it the best of anybody week to week. And uh, what can our listeners be checking out online as you cover the Open the next couple of days, Jeff? Uh, I mean, we're all over it. I mean, I, we got seven guys here. Everyone's writing for the web. Uh, we're going to have a blast. We we got the 14-year-old covered. I mean, I think he's a great story getting in here, Andy Zhang. Yeah, we'll tiger all the big wigs covered, but we have enough people to go out and find some stories that some, you know, pubs that have one or two people out here just don't have the manpower to do. So we relish that, and uh, we look forward to a great tournament. And our very own golf week, based right here in Orlando, and we love uh, everybody over there, and we're glad we finally got the big dog to spend a few minutes with us, and we'll let you go back uh, to work. Back to work it is. Great to talk to you guys. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Babineau from Golf Week Magazine and GolfWeek.com. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, where we bring you the best in the business. More U.S. Open preview coverage coming up next. Drive the BMW of your dreams at the price you like with financing you don't want to miss. Get to Fields BMW and choose from an incredible selection of certified pre-owned BMWs. Now with special 0.9% financing. Fields BMW, Windsor Park, South Orlando, Daytona Beach, and Lakeland. Fields matters because you matter. Visit FieldsBMW.com. Offer valid with approved credit up to 36 months and excludes the X6 and M-Series models. Golfers, have you discovered the hottest golf ball since the Pro V1? Well, listen up. They're Chromax golf balls, and they're cooler and more colorful than Ricky Fowler's outfits on the PGA Tour. Chromax golf balls feature a reflective inner layer and translucent outer layer that make the golf ball appear brighter and easier to hit. Chromax's metallic finish reflects sunlight through the clear cover for unprecedented visibility, making it easier to hit the sweet spot, track the trajectory of your ball in flight, and make adjustments to your swing. Chromax golf balls are USGA approved and come in a rainbow of colors to suit every golfer's personality and playing ability. Lower your scores and put some fun back into your game. Chromax golf balls are available at your local golfsmith stores or visit www.chromaxgolf.com. We all want more distance immediately. Now get a more powerful release and impact and increase your distance with the full release reverse grip from Field Golf. The full release reverse grip gives you a correct tour player-like grip the very first time you use it. That means more power and increased distance. The pros love it, and you will too. The full release sold at Golfsmith and other fine retailers or buy online now at fieldgolf.net. That's fieldgolf.net. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. We're back, the Golf Insiders. Wrapping up another hour of Intelligent Golf Talk. U.S. Open, Rich B. I get so excited for the majors. You just put the bunny slippers on. I've got to leave the house when I want to watch Golf Channel. That's all I know. Well, that's because, you know, you live in the boonies of downtown Orlando. (laughs) I've never quite understood why you don't get the Golf Channel, but 
Uh, we know. You're off the grid yeah, or something like that. I am off the grid in more ways than one. But uh, we saved our best for last, our man, Jeff Shane from the Orlando Sentinel. Orlando Sentinel. Who loves the Sentinel? Working hard out there at the Olympic <laughs> Club because we bring you the best live from the press room. Hey, Jeff. How are you? We're doing well. Uh, I hear the weather's beautiful out there. It is uh, steamy back here, so I'm sure you're glad to be out there on the West Coast. I'm very glad to be on the West Coast. However, I've got to remi- remind myself that this is Northern California and not Southern California. Oh, did you forget a few <laughs> sweaters and a jacket? I forgot a couple sweaters. Uh, the jacket will be uh, will be getting a lot of use this week. So is it going to be dry for the next couple of days, Jeff? Is there any rain predicted? Because the weather really could play a big difference in this. Yeah, it, it really could. Uh, the, there's no rain in the forecast, but what we're going to have the first couple rounds is, uh, is is that inland fog uh, coming off the ocean, and it's just a question of how long it takes to burn off. And uh, what we're going to see with that is, yeah, even though there's no rain, there's going to be a lot of moisture in the air, and there's going to be a lot of moisture that hangs around in that rough doesn't burn off, and that could make the rough just a little bit more hazardous to get into or out of. Well, and, uh, you know, if the greens you know, do bake out at all, which did happen at Pebble uh, a couple of years ago, it could get very interesting. Absolutely, and especially on that 18th green. It's not as bad as it was when uh, we saw Payne Stewart just kind of stand there, arms folded, toe tapping, while his 8-foot birdie try turned into a 25-foot par save. But uh, the 18th green still has a pretty decent slope on it, and if the green gets baked out, uh, then it could make for a real interesting final hole on the final day. Well, yeah, I think there could be all kinds of bad bounces, unfair lies that could make this pretty exciting. And for those who may not remember, uh, I was out there at the 98 Open when Lee Jansen hit his tee shot, a number five into the cypress tree, and uh, it gobbled it up, nowhere to be found. He heads back to the tee. All of a sudden, a gust of wind knocks the ball out. And uh, he's back in the tournament and ends up beating Payne Stewart. So we don't know what could happen out uh, this weekend at the Olympic Club. Yeah, absolutely not. not. Not only did the ball fall out of the tree, but Lee wound up chipping in to save par on that hole, and he won by a single shot. And that's why you're the man who does what you do, because <laughs> you have that encyclopedia brain of yours, Jeff Shane. It's amazing <laughs> how deep you can go with knowledge. <laughs> But uh, as we're looking for the winner's circle on Sunday, we've been talking about, you know, all of the, uh, all of the, uh, the, the odds uh, winners at this point between Tiger Phil, Jason, and Rory. But a couple more I have on my list here we haven't talked about. Ricky Fowler is one, Nick Watney, and what about Graham McDowell? Well, uh, Graham McDowell has been, uh, has been kind of hot and cold, and right now he's, he's, be cu- he's coming in off a couple of miscuts. Uh, he acknowledges that, that his game is, is not uh, come together the way he had hoped it would a month ago. And so uh, even though he's back in Northern California and, and kind of back in uh, similar type conditions to where he won a couple of years ago, his game just hasn't been there the last, uh, the last couple of outings. Ricky Fowler was going great until that uh, Sunday 80, what was it, 82, 84? 84. I, 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 stopped, I stopped counting. Uh, back at the Memorial, um, but uh, really, before that, he probably was rivaling Jason Duffner as one of the hottest players on tour in terms of performance. And so 
uh, it'll be interesting to see whether that was just uh, one completely rotten Sunday uh, that took him out of contention or if uh, there was something that, that has uh, crept into his game. Ricky does have some experience out here, uh, A, you know, being a native Californian, but he also competed at Olympic at both the U.S. Junior and the U.S. Amateur. Yeah, it's uh, we're just so loaded with talent. It's going to be uh, quite an interesting finish on Sunday. So who's your pick? Uh, we'll put you on the spot here, Jeff. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to keep with Olympic Club tradition, and I'm going to take all the guys at the top of the list and throw them out. Uh, I, I think there's a reason that Olympic, uh, uh, you know, kind of is, is known as the, as the graveyard of legends. And honestly, we've got such a deep pool of talent that, it, it really could very easily come from further down in the pack. Uh, a couple guys I like. I, I still like Jason Duffner. He's going to come back two weeks fresh after uh, almost winning a third consecutive start. Uh, and I, another player that has really kind of grown on me this week, but he's had a really solid season, and his stats kind of fit Olympics profile. That's our own Justin Rose out of Lake Nona. Ooh, I like that one. There's a name we haven't landed on yet, Justin Rose. There haven't been a whole lot of uh, European Tour uh, winners on the PGA Tour this year. I think uh, Carl Peterson, if you can call him a... Uh, Swede. Uh, yeah, well, he is Swedish, but he's on the PGA Tour. But basically. Swedish redneck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, North Carolina. There's definitely been a shift. But, I, you know, if you think about a game, a guy that needs a control game, I, I think this could be Luke Donald's time to put that major on his resume. What do you think? I think that he definitely has a good chance here because Olympic Club is not a longer U.S. Open layout. You know, he will have to play number 16 at 670 yards twice this week, but just play it as three shots. But he is one of the best, if not the best, wedge player in the game right now. Even though he didn't, he wasn't in Sunday contention at the Memorial. You know, he chipped in twice. We all remember Tiger's chip, and we don't remember the two that Luke Donald put in on the weekend. And uh, it takes a wedge wizard, I think, to get around on these small greens because players have to accept that they're going to miss greens and they're going to have to find a way to recover. Great stuff as always. Jeff Shane from the Orlando Sentinel, we'll let you go back to work. We thank you for spending a few minutes with us, and uh, it's going to be one fun Sunday, and happy Father's Day to you, my man. Thanks very much. All right. Enjoy. We appreciate your time. Rich B., who are you picking? I am going to go. Uh, I want a Bubba Watson, the redneck Riviera, come on with the uh, you know clean sweep of the majors, you know, back-to-back. I would love to see Bubba actually pull this off. That would be so cool. How sweet would that be? Um, I don't know. I've got a trifecta here. Sorry. Uh, no Quinellas. I'm no going, trifectas. I'm going for Duffner. I'm going for uh, Matt Kuchar as the local favorite, uh, sort of, and uh, Steve Stricker. That's Those are my three. Hey, thank you, Bob Herrick, for checking in with us, ESPN.com. Todd Lewis and Jeff Babineau and to all the fathers out there, uh, including mine who recently passed. He's making some birdies up there in heaven right now. All those great dads that put a club in your hand. Hug them tightly, have fun, watch the U.S. Open on Sunday, and happy Father's Day to all, and thanks for listening.